This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Covered in Pet Hair, a boozy show for pet lovers on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Arada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with the crocheting cat behaviorist. I'll tell you all about her and introduce you as soon as we come back from these messages from our sponsors. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Rada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a pet parent, a cat trainer, and behavior consultant. She's an entrepreneur, a former vet tech. She's a cat rescue volunteer originally from Sandy, Utah, and currently lives in Murray, Utah. She's wife to Tom, mom to human daughters, Kira and Brenna. She is a cat mom to Mowgli, Ray Ray, and Juju. And she is a fan of the movie Mutts, but not a fan of people who don't listen to her advice. She (laughs) makes custom calming blankets for cats and she calls herself the crocheting cat behaviorist her name is pam webster welcome pam it's so good to have you on the show thanks for having me it's my pleasure did i forget one of your cats no you said three. Oh, you have three okay i don't know why when i was saying that i was like i think she has four cats Nope. No, thank goodness. I got that right. All right. Well, before I get to know you and your cats and your blankets, I want to introduce our drinking game today. So anybody at home, anytime you hear this word, the secret word is hook. Make sure you take a drink of whatever you're enjoying, but please be over 21 to partake in an alcoholic beverage, never drink and drive and always drink responsibly. So what are you having Pam over in sunny Utah? I'm just having water. Water. You're like a cat. You just want fresh yep. water. Yep. <laughs> well, today is actually not sunny in Sun City, and I'm having a pick me up, an iced coffee. I have this creamer that I discovered. It's not really a big discovery. It's Starbucks caramel. Ma- what is it? Macchiato creamer. They sell it at Costco in these big jugs, and my husband and I are obsessed. So here, cheers to you. Thank you for being my guest. I'm so excited to get to know you. Yeah. All right. Well, I always look at this. I have um whipped cream on my face. It's a good thing I don't have any cats because there would be a cat licking out of this glass for sure. All right. So my, my first game today, because I always introduce this show with a game is all about calming cats. So I've called this game, calm your cat. Are you ready to play? 
I am. All right. So this game is all about cats and stress and how we calm them down. And since this tends to be something that, you know, you specialize in, I wanted to pick your brain about things that can stress our cats out, what it looks like, et cetera, et cetera. So here are a few questions that I had for you on this topic. The first one is when you use the word calming, does that mean that it is de-stressing? Yes. Okay. So they're synonymous. Yes. Perfect. Is it common for cats to be stressed? It can be, yes. Yes. Are cats usually calm or not calm based on their personalities? It's not really personality. It's just depending on what's going on in their lives at that moment. Got it. What causes cats to be not calm or stressed out? Well, if there's like some kind of a fighting animal in their area or outside or just a rambunctious kid running around, something that can just really make them freak out and they're just, ah! So. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot that can stress cats out. Like, I feel like cats, when it comes to like cats versus dogs, dogs in general tend to be a little more, um, like adjust a little bit better. Cats take a little bit longer. Is that your experience? Yeah, they can be. Anything new for cats is like, okay, what's this? Because they distrust it, I think, a little bit more than dogs. Yeah, yeah. They have to. They're prey and predator, right? All right, so next question. What does a not calm cat look like? Well, for one, they can have their fur standing on end and they're just all hunched up, you know, the whole scary cat look. Yeah. And that's when you're just like, okay, you need to calm down. Let's get you out of this situation and just get you distressed there. Yes. Yes. Okay. Other than your blankets, which you use to Mm -hmm. provide calm, and we're going to discuss in the second part of the show, what approaches do you take as a behavior consultant to help people calm their cats? Well, for one, like if I'm working with the cats over at PetSmart that I work with, if they get freaked out for some reason, like it's a big dog coming in, wild kids running them up in the store, I quickly grab them and just take them over to the cat toilet with the cat trees and the sometimes loose catnip. And they just relax almost instantaneously and it's great. So just yeah engaging with them kind of getting the distraction right i do that with my two-year-old daughter i have to distract her yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Much the same thing. <laughs> otherwise they get really worked up um okay and then let's see uh the last question i have for you is can something that helps certain cats calm down actually like rev other cats up is it really kind of like a trial and error kind of a situation it can be it can be because I have my main coon right over here, but sometimes he just, he's just so calm one minute and then trying to do stuff with him and then he gets just so riled up and just acts like a kitten bouncing off the walls. It's just like, okay, come on, you're a senior. Come on, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) I have an 11 and a half year old dog that's like that, that like, she's usually really mellow, but the second playtime starts, you're like, (laughs) (laughs) where has this energy been? All right. So tell me, you started as a vet tech in the pet industry. How did you end up choosing that career? I actually did it in high school and then just got right after I graduated, just took that summer off and I got hired as a vet tech and just did it for about a couple of years. And just the downfall of that is for one, we just were not getting paid a lot back then. And the kicker for me to quit was I had my mouth ripped open. And it's just like, okay, guys, I know it was my fault, but 
we're just not paid enough for this kind of crap. No, no, that is basic. You just described the pet care industry, like when it's hands on the hands on pet care industry. None of it pays enough for the dangers we put ourselves in. But the passion is there, right? So we we want to work yeah. with pets and we want to work with animals and help them. But yes, sometimes it can be really scary and really dangerous and definitely can be a risk. So you went from vet tech immediately to a cat behavior consultant? Oh, or- no, no. This was like 20 years ago. So I took a bit of a break with, uh, with my kids and then I figured, okay, when my oldest was a senior, I figured, you know what? I think I'm going to go ahead and start this up again. And I did the schooling and then I only did it in about six months. You went to animal behavior college, right? Yeah. Why did you choose that? Just curious. What, what attracted you to that course? Well, I mean, I've always been interested in cat behavior. So I just figured, oh, oh, I like this. Okay. We've got money. Okay. I'm doing it. <laughs> was the course like really what you expected it to be? It was actually a big refresher course for me from being a vet tech. So okay. I was just like, I know this stuff already. All right. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So what is your favorite part about working with cats? Well, just probably how I have noticed a lot of the cats I have worked with. They come to me kind of just super shy and reclusive and all that and I've had a lot of people realize that after me working with them they become more open and just they de-stress big time and so and they love it that I take them out for walks in the store and yeah yeah, the cats love it too so so I mean I think it's really important to remind people that training is not just behavior modification a lot of it can be really like confidence building right yes Yes. And that is a big part of what I do with the super shy ones. So yes. it's just like, okay, we're going to have a little play session, just you and me for a bit. And then we'll work on going for a walk outside to socialize a bit with people. And we just go from there. Yes. I was looking at your website and I love that you have behavior modification courses or uh, one-on-one sessions. And then you also have training for harness and leash training. And I love that because cats, sometimes that's a really great option for a cat. Have you seen people embracing that more these days? Um, Especially when I'm walking around the store, it's like, whoa, I've never thought I'd see a cat on a leash. And it's just like, it's actually not too hard, but not all cats will take to it. Because right. I have worked with some that absolutely refused. They just aren't comfortable like with that restriction of, of being on a harness. Yeah. That makes and sense. I did tell the girl who adopted them, they might be ones for backpack though. Ah, that's a really good idea. Yeah, I did an interview with Kitty Cat Go, Emily Hall, and she helps people also adventure with their cats. And yeah. I think it's people that like you and Emily who are push, kind of normalizing cats outside is so important because that's such an enriching experience for cats. And I was recently at the Whole Foods here in El Paso, Texas. El Paso is like not your typical like pets everywhere. Like I see pet mistakes everywhere I go here. Like people are not as educated, unfortunately, as I wish they were. And there's a guy sitting at the cafe with his cat on a leash. And that cat is happy as a clam. And I was like, oh, yeah. this is the first time I've seen a cat on a leash in all of El Paso. I was so excited because the place was packed and you could tell that people were kind of looking around being like, this is a thing now. And it is a thing. Now. That is so awesome. Well, I want to take a break right now. And when we come back, I want to talk more about your crocheting history. And you're going to help teach 
me about crochet because my grandmother okay. crocheted, but I don't know anything about crochet. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back with the crocheting cat behaviors. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet, Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel alvarez Arada, and today I'm talking to Pam Webster, the crocheting cat behaviorist, and she's going to help me learn about crocheting. And I think a lot of us are going to learn a lot about crocheting today in our second game. It's called Crochet Cat. Are you ready to play? I sure am. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about this game. This game comes from trivia about crocheting that I found on a website called jarn.com, that's J-A-A-R-N.com, which I thought was a cool name for a website about crocheting. And so this is basically a true or false game. And I'm gonna ask you the questions and I don't expect you just because you crochet very well to know all these answers, but it's gonna be fun to learn together. Here we go. The word crochet means small hook, true or false? I don't know, maybe. True, it is true. Crochet comes from the French language, the word crochet. True or false? Yes. True. During the potato famine in Ireland, during the 1840s, there was a great deal of suffering and poverty. The Ursuline sisters set up crochet centers around the land, which produces crochet items, which were then sold to rich English aristocrats to provide a steady income to many Irish families. Is this true or false? I believe that one's true. It is true. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. The first appearance of the word crochet and instructions for the technique were first printed in 1823 in a French magazine called Penelope. True or false? I believe that's true. It actually was a Dutch magazine, but it was Ah, called Penelope. That was a tricky one. Yeah. This is an interesting factoid. The longest crochet chain in the entire world is a staggering 80.78 miles long. True or false? Wow, that one I don't know. It's true. It was made by a French woman and Vanier Drussel. The crochet chain took just over five months to complete. Wow. Starting the 15th of June, 2008 and finishing on November 26, 2008. So this was pretty recent. Who knew? Wow. 
Crocheting improves a variety of skills, including your hand-eye coordination, creativity, logic, mathematics, and patience. Yes. That um, last word, the last word is why I've never taken up crocheting because I have zero patience. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Schools, hospitals, and nursing homes use crocheting as a way to relieve stress and help people focus. True or false? It is true. So apparently it helps with overactive kids, those with mental health difficulties. You know, I think that that it kind of like makes you focus on one thing. So your mm -hmm. active mind just calms down. Is that right? Yeah. Or you're bored off your bed after surgery. Hey, got in crochet. Perfect. <laughs> is that how you got into crochet? Oh, no. I, <laughs> I was taught when I was eight. So oh, really? Yeah. Who taught you? My mom taught me. Then let's see. I think it was both my grandma and my great grandma. And then I taught both my girls and only my youngest still crochets, but whatever. It's like in vogue to knit and crochet now. Like it's very in right now. There's like, like specialty stores. People yeah. are making such great stuff. One of my friends, I don't know if it's crocheted or knit. Cause I don't know how to tell the difference, but she made my daughter. Well, she made her daughter this little hat that looks like a cabbage patch doll with like okay. pigtails. Yeah. And my two-year-old, she's almost three, but she has hardly any hair. So when she wears that, she is so happy because she looks like a real-life doll with long hair. Right. So there's so many things you can do. Exactly. There's so many things you can do with crochet. And you settled on making these blankets for cats that you say are calming. So explain that concept to me about a calming crocheted blanket for cats. Okay, well, I just made some for my cats and they just, they fell in love with them so much that every time I make something, they automatically assume it's for them. It's like, <laughs> okay, well, that calms you down. So that's for you and that's for you. And so I just figured I'd branch it out. And so I make blankets for the rescue and uh, I have it so that one can go home with each kitten or cat that's adopted and I've just built on it. That is awesome. Okay, so I have all these questions. Cats have always been portrayed as playing with yarn. Is it just like the feeling of the yarn that they're attracted to? They like the movement too. The movement too. Because mine have to sit with me too while I'm making it. And they're just like, oh, movement. Gotta get that movement. Ah, that's true. I like that. Yeah, like it's like enriching for them. Okay, yes. so you make custom like themed blankets. So I've seen like Pikachu and like all sorts. Tell me, where do you get your inspiration for the themes of these blankets? Well, I just figure, okay, let's try and just not have them just so boring and let's try and uh, right. spice it up a bit. And uh, all of my family and I, we love Pokemon. So it's just like, let's go with a bunch of Pokemon ones. And I've already done some Harry Potters way back. And it's just like, okay, let's build on this. Let's build. Okay. I love it. And then that trying is to awesome. Out, okay, which Pokemon now? What do we want the background coloring to be? Hmm. <laughs> and just it out. And uh, my uh, youngest daughter is my apprentice. And we just kind of tag team on this and say, okay, what should we have matched together this time? Hmm. So. so your blankets, are they thick enough that you just put them down somewhere? Or are they something you can add to a bed? You can add to like a cat tree. What What uses do you have for them? You can put them wherever, and I have even turned some of them into human calling blankets, too. And I, only for me so far, but, <laughs> but I am working on one for my, uh, my daughter, so. 
what is the calming effect of the knit blanket or the crocheted blanket for humans? Like, is it, is it a little bit heavier than most? What, what does it have that makes you calm? They're definitely nice and snuggly and warm. So yeah. Yeah. And they're really pretty to see. I really like the <laughs> styles that you have. They're really, and I love that they're customizable. So let's say that I want to get uh, an Eagles, the football team, like logo. On yeah. And I can just look it up, get it going. And there you go. What's the creative process? I mean, I just Google pictures and just go off of it. And then you have yarns of different colors and you. Yeah. I just make sure I got the perfect color and, or hopefully next to the perfect color. And just <laughs> go. That's awesome. How long does it take to make a blanket? As long as I've got the time, about a day and a half. A day and a half? How many hours would you say you're working? For, for, cat size. for the cat size. Mm-hmm. How many hours in those, in that time are you working? Maybe about a total of 12, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm really quick too. So, wow. <laughs> People see me working and they're just like, how can you do it so fast? And then you could also do it not looking. What? <laughs> no. Many years. Yes, exactly. My grandmother was the same way. She would just kind of like talk. Yeah, and just and la, 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 look around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Long ago, women would meet up to knit together, to like crochet together. They would sit there and, you know, gossip and yeah. <laughs> knit yeah. and crochet. Yeah. I remember seeing my grandmother and her friends do that. So what, um, what's your plan for, you know, what you're going to continue making these blankets? Do you have goals to expand, to partner with anybody? What, what are your plans? Well, right here, right now, my only potential partner is going to be my daughter. Once she eventually graduates from both high school and at them. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, she's, She's determined. She wants to be my apprentice. Like you got it, and she's she's already clicked into everything, and just she gets it. And she even tries to tell her friends, "This is what you need to do." But they they don't listen to me, mom, because I'm just a stupid teenager. Sorry. It doesn't get better when it comes to dog training, cat training, behavior modification. Nobody listens to you. They want like I've always I always say this. Yeah, they want a quick fix. They want the little magic pill that makes whatever behavior go away. It takes a very special person to work one-on-one with pet parents because pets are so special to us. And like our children, it's hard to hear yeah. negative feedback about what we're doing or what we could do better. It's hard. It, it, it kind of chips at your self-esteem a little bit, but it's important for her to go in knowing that people are, no matter how old she is, they're yeah. always going to be like, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> and the drama from caring from the 14 year old and she's over here nodding her head. <laughs> But that's awesome that she wants to continue the family business. I have two kids yeah. and I always wonder, my husband's military, I'm, you know, pet care. So I wonder if they'll even do any of those things or they'll just do their own thing. I love talking to you. Tell us more about how my audience can learn more about your blankets and maybe order one for themselves. Okay. Well, I am both on Facebook and Instagram under the Crochet and Cat Behaviorist. And then there's also my website, which is the thecrochetandcatbehaviorist.com. And you can always reach out to me and all my other information is on the website too. Absolutely. You have all your, your website's great. You have everything laid out. Is there some kind of behavior modification that you specialize in? Like, is there something that you are like, this is my sweet spot when it comes to cat training? I think it's really the whole getting shy cats to come out more. Out of their shell. Uh huh. I was working with one a year ago, and she 
and it was in October and yes she's black and we had to deal with black cat prejudice with her while we were working with her and Ugh. and my, yes my daughter was with me at the time and she tried to pipe, pipe off at them you realize that's just a myth and they just blew her off but yeah. it's just like okay you know what she's my most reclusive one and I had to deal with that okay guys is anybody specifically interested in her no not her directly okay we're taking her that's your black cat. I've seen her on your Insta. Yes. Yes. So that's that my juju. Oh, awesome. good juju then, right? Yes. I mean, she went from this totally reclusive little thing, and she was only about seven months old. And the baby brought her home. Ray Ray ran into her with her his favorite toy and said, "Come play with me. Come on, oh. please." And they are the best of friends. That so, is wonderful. I love yeah. that story. That is so awesome. Lucky Juju. Lucky girl. She ended up in the right house. Well, I just want to propose a toast to you for taking the time to chat with me. Thank you yeah. so much. And thank you for helping all those kitties. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> you, I can tell. I can totally tell that we're, your heart's in it. I also want to propose a toast to my executive producer, Mark Winter. Thank you, Mark. And to our audience for joining us for these fun conversations and getting to know the awesome people in the pet industry. Here's to a life covered in pet hair because there's no better way to live. Cheers. To learn more about Covered in Pet Hair, please visit CoveredInPetHair.com or PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for watching and I'll see you next time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.